and it brings confirmation for what Mike just said. It's funny, I can't see your faces and I just see a bunch of cars, but I know some people that are here. See, I'm here to tell you that lives are still being changed by what happened on that cross. Marriages are still being fixed. Addictions are still being broken. There's people in this parking lot right now that, that are living testament that the power of God is still alive and moving. But, but I want to tell you, because there might be some people in the crowd that you say, but I haven't seen it. And it reminds me of just what uh, Mike was talking about. Jesus said, come follow and you'll see. I tell you this morning, if this is your first time visiting, or you, you, you've been struggling and dealing and having problems, and you're like, I want to know if this is really real, I just say, come and watch. Come and see. Because there's people out here that should be locked up from decisions they've made in the past, but yet they're here free. There's people that, that everybody wrote off their marriages, but yet God fixed them and freed them. There's people here that should still be bound to the bottle, but yet they're free. There's people here that used to be bound to drugs, but yet they're free. There's people that were in bondage and problems and issues, but yet you're free. So some of you say, is it true? I tell you this morning, follow and you'll see. Just walk with us and you'll see. We ain't going to be perfect, but you're going to see lives change. You may not see a big fancy building all the time, but you're going to see marriages restored. Hey, you, 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 we, we may not have a cool production of all kinds of videos, but you know what you're going to see? You're going to see the addicts set free. I'm here to tell you that it hasn't stopped. God hasn't stopped moving. God hasn't stopped working. I'm just foolish enough to believe if he said it, he's going to do it, and I believe it, and I'm going to praise him through it. I apologize, you found a foolish pastor. I apologize, you found a foolish pastor. Because I'm foolish enough to believe the word was not just written for old days. It's still true today. He's still doing things today. Honk your horn if you've been set free, if you've been saved, if you've been delivered. Hey! Get me excited. Good morning, everyone. Hey, right now, let's just give the Lord a hand clap. Let's give him praise. Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. We thank you. A building isn't going to stop church. Rain is not going to stop the fellowship of the believers. Weather is not going to stop the ecclesia. Issues are not going to stop. We're going to get together and give you praise and honor and glory. We thank you for you, who you are. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Woo! Right before I jump in my uh I jump in my sermon. I want to give honor where honor is due, and he doesn't want this honor, and that's why I love it, because he doesn't want to hear it. Stratton, the guy in the back with the trailer, he built this stage this week so I didn't have to be standing on the top of my truck. So y'all give Stratton a honk back there. Good job. I, this, this is a lot safer, Stratton. I appreciate you. So, I got my chair today. Can you still see me? Most of you guys still see me. I'll pull it out here as best I can. 
Let me scoot my table up. Now, can everybody hear me coming out of your radios? Am I clear? Can you hear me well? What in the back? Philip, can you hear me okay back there, brother? Everything good? Beautiful. Thank you so much. So today I'm excited about speaking to you. I'm excited to have this morning, but I want to let you know. Today you're not going to be surprised by a brand new revelation you've never heard before. Today I'm not bringing you an Old Testament story that you've never heard or a spin to a new story you've never heard. That's not today. A lot of times I, I love it when Bible studiers and scholars come up and say, man, I've never seen it that way. Today's not going to be that day. Today's not going to be the day to where you hear me pontificate about Greek and Roman today. Greek and Today's not going to be the day where I impress you with vocabulary words and hermeneutics and all those fun words. That's not going to be today. The power in the sermon today will not be found in new revelation of things you've never heard before. But yet the hard part today will be the application of the simple. Today will not be a day to where somebody that is brand new at church will have a struggle, have a problem. Today the power will be applying through obedience. This is the type of sermon I could imagine that Jesus would have taught children. Groups of people that didn't know the word. I want to tell you today the power of today will not be found in a certain Translation of the word, but yet simple obedience. If you drove here, hopefully you have a driver's license. Now, some of you, you remember the test it took to have your driver's license. Anybody in here failed it the first time and you had to go back? Don't, mm -mm. Okay, <laughs> I didn't think you were going to honk. <laughs> hey, see, you drive here and you had to have a license to be able to drive. We've got people in this parking lot, you've got a concealed handgun license. And you had to go through a test to make sure you knew how to shoot that gun. Some people out here, you own a boat. And you had to have a license to be able to drive that boat. But I'm here to tell you, when you were born, you were given the power of life and death and it did not take a license or did it take training. You were given a tongue to speak. And you don't need a license for it. But yet the words that you speak and how we talk and the way we communicate is more powerful than a weapon, than a boat, than a car. I'm here to tell you today, some of you might already be turning off and going, oh, he's talking about speaking. I've heard this sermon before. Turn your brain off right now. Turn your I heard this before off right now. And I want you to listen to the sermon as if you've never heard it before. Because I understand that our tongue has power in Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. See, we know this is true because there's people here. You still remember a blessing you received growing up. Does anybody remember something that someone told you, a teacher or a parent or a grandparent, and they blessed you or congratulated you and you never forgot it? 
Anybody remember you tell a kid something and all of a sudden they walk a little bit bigger? They stand a little straighter. And they remember those things. Who in here can remember a blessing or someone speaking over you growing up? Give me a honk. And though it may be years away, you still remember it. But on the flip side, I bet you there's people here, you still remember someone speaking death to you before. A father or a mother speaking death to you. A teacher calling you stupid. Who in here remembers someone saying something and you acted like it didn't hurt very much, but on the inside it broke you and, and you acted like you were okay, but you were wounded from it. Anybody in here has ever been talked bad about or someone spoke death over you? Honk your horn. Your honks are an amen showing we're preaching about the correct thing. See, what's funny about this subject is we've made a very stupid statement that said, Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. The stupidest saying other than War Eagle I've ever heard in my entire life. I love you, Stevens, wherever you are. <laughs> See, the front, there's a statement, there's a phrase that says, Be careful with your words. Once they are said, they can only be forgiven, never forgotten. Be careful with your words, because people will just have to forgive you, but more than likely, they won't forget the words that you said. Oh, it's starting to rain a little bit. I'm going to scoot my table back. Hannah, are you okay? Y'all give Hannah a, a, a honk real quick, standing out in the rain on the camera. Man, she bad. But see, what's funny is we understand and hey, if you don't know, go to 88.1. I'm coming through the radio and you don't have to have your windows down. Hallelujah. 88.1. Is that thing okay? Yeah, we're good. Appreciate it. And we're about to turn to our scripture, but, I, but as Christians, we know that the tongue is powerful because in Genesis 1, 3 through 4, it says, then God said, then God said, then God said, let there be light. He could have created the world anyway, but he chose to speak it. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Matthew, uh, uh, Mark eleven twenty three. but assuredly I said to you, whoever says to this mountain, be cast into the sea. Your words have power. Your words have anointing. I need you to, if you've got your Bible, I need you to go to James chapter 3. Go to James chapter 3. It's in the New Testament. And we're going to read the word today. Get your Bibles. Go to James chapter 3. If you got your phones, go to James chapter 3. If you have neither, download the app, buy a Bible, and listen to me. James chapter 3. If you're there, give me a honk. James chapter 3. Let's read it. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Everybody say perfect man. Able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouth that they may obey us, and we turn their 
whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, the world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. It's set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God the Father and with it we curse men. Who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same openings? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt and fresh water. I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about us, the body. And they said, I would believe this Jesus thing, but man, y'all are pretty judgmental. I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, have you ever realized you have family that you can bring them in front of anybody, and then you have other kids, you never know what they're going to say? Words are powerful. And in James 3, we see that our words and our tongue is extremely powerful. Woo, let it rain, Lord, let it rain. My grass needs it. your phone and take notes. Get a book and take notes and practice this because I do how you've been serving Christ or how good you think you've got it. Everybody needs to work on the power of their tongue. Amen? Amen. So ready, number one. Number one. Always remember the weight of what you say. You know what amazes me about James chapter 3? It says, I dare not many of you to be teachers because you will be judged that deep. And some people say, well, Pastor Chris, I'm not a teacher. If you've ever given someone your opinion or your advice, you've been a teacher. If you've ever talked to somebody, you've been a teacher. Advice is just teaching them how you do it. And we've got to be careful because sometimes we pull advice from old dead seasons thinking it will plant new plants. We take advice from things that didn't work for us before and we expect to pass it on. Be very careful for the advice that you pass to people and the words that you say to people because there's some people that may believe it and you will be held accountable for every advice that you say to people. Be very careful of the marriage advice you give to another man if we barely know how to be good husbands ourselves. Be very careful on the judgment you pass on another mother who has an unruly child when yours ain't that better yourself. <laughs> be very careful because your words hold power. 
are living on a world that my God spoke into existence. You are breathing oxygen. My God spoke into existence. You are in a covenant relationship with Jesus because of the words you spoke. Out of your mouth you confess. And you need to understand your words have power. Matthew 8, 6. We've got to be very careful for the words that we say. Because Jesus says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Be careful for what sin we excuse out of good old boy advice. Be careful for the words that we say and, and things that we tell people, not knowing they may live on that fruit for a long time. There's weight to what you say. Fathers, you need to know that your weight of what you say to your children will be birthed in them for a lifetime. And your children can either build upon the words that you say or spend the rest of their life pulling weeds for curses that you've back, spoken. You can, your kids are going to live off of what you say. Mothers, you need to understand the words that you speak over your sons and daughters carry power. Don't just think because that's how your dad and mom used to talk, that that's how you need to talk. You're a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. Just because your dad was abusive doesn't mean you need to be. Just because your mother was negative doesn't mean you need to be. Just because your family was hateful doesn't mean you need to be. Just because something was kind or racist doesn't mean we need to kind to say it. Our words have power. And here's the thing. I'm not surprised when dead people without Christ speak death because they don't know no better. Don't be surprised when dead people talk dead words. I don't have high expectations for dead people to talk life because they can't. I do have high expectations if you claim the name of Jesus as your Lord and Savior that sometimes we need to be better quiet than speaking. I heard a phrase today that I love. Are you ready for it? You have two choices. You can either let somebody think you're stupid or open your mouth and prove it. I love that phrase. That phrase blesses me because I've been stupid for a long time. And we have to understand that the words that we speak, the words that we say, parents, the words that we can say out of frustration can scar a child for the rest of their life. Parents, the words that the husbands, the words that we say to our wife can either clothe her with dignity or strip her from respect. We need to know the weight of our words are powerful. The second thought. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I was speaking to someone just this week and they said, Pastor Chris, I struggle because I wish you could hear some of the thoughts that come across my mind. And see, I, I'm proud of this person. You know what I love about broken people? They don't care about being honest. Christians would say, you know, sometimes I think some very not nice things. Worldly people go, do you know what kind of junk comes through 
you could hear the thoughts that I have. And I had to tell them, your mind needs to be renewed daily. And I promise you this, some of you thought some pretty jacked up things this week. Our, our mind is unrenewed. And it has to be constantly renewed. It has to be constantly renewed. Don't, and I told him, I said, Christians can think stupid thoughts. But that's why the word says I have to bring every thought captive. I have to take every thought captive. And let me tell you real fast. When it comes to thoughts being captive, it says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. Do you know why we find ourselves stressed so often? Do you know why we find ourselves angry so often? Do you know why we find ourselves bitter so often? Because instead of bringing every thought captive, we poured water on every thought, didn't line it up to the word, began to speak it, and wonder why we're stressed, wonder why we're angry, wonder why we're hurting. And instead of bringing every thought captive, we pour water on it and wonder why there's weeds in the garden. Every thought has to be brought captive before I speak it, before I tell it, before I bring life to it. This guy told me, he said, Pastor Chris, sometimes I think stupid thoughts like maybe it'd be easier if I was dead. And I said, all right. Did you speak it though? Yeah. Stop speaking. Bring it captive. Shut it down. Throw it out. Burn it. Line it up with the word. We find ourselves sometimes. Hmm. You know, I love you, right? Okay. This one's for me, too. I'm so preaching to myself. Sometimes we have to come to the conclusion that our opinion's actually not that important. Sometimes we have to come to the conclusion that the way we think about it doesn't need to be said. Sometimes we need to come to the conclusion that we need to take every thought captive and our thoughts aren't as valuable as we thought they were. We've got to come to the conclusion that, and, ooh, can I say this? Ooh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Saying, well, I wish you know what I was thinking is just as bad as saying what you were going to say in the first place. Saying, oh, I had to be quiet in this situation is just as bad as talking in that situation. Ooh, if you just knew who I used to be. No, they do. You're showing them right now. Side comments, side things. Do you know what that also means? My children are eating the fruit of my life, and how they will love people many times is based on the side comments that I make about other people. That even means against my enemies. We should live a life that my children don't even know who my enemies are. We should live a life that my children don't even know who hurt me on the inside. We should live a life that my children don't even know who speaks against me. They say, I don't know. Daddy is always speaking life. And that's my goal. Do we mess up? Yes. But my children should not know. 
that also means we need to watch how we're talking about Christians when we say, hey, I've got something I need you to pray about. See, that's how old Christians used to gossip. Hey, listen, I got a prayer request. So-and-so is sleeping with so-and-so and we need to pray for healing. Stop it. Stop it. Which leads into my next term. Are you ready for this? Some of y'all don't know the mighty man named A.W. Tozer. This little book is bad, right? Anybody ever heard of A.W. Tozer? Let me read you my next. Ready? The next note is this. Be a cemetery. Everybody say, be a cemetery. I'm going to read this to you. Pages are sticking together because it's all wet out here. Never pass anything on about anyone else that will hurt them. Love covers a multitude of sin. The talebearer, if you don't know what that is, the person that's telling the story, has no place in God's favor. If you know something that would hinder or hurt the reputation of one of God's children, bury it forever. Find a little garden out back, a little spot somewhere, and when everybody comes around with an evil story, take it out and bury it and say, here lies in peace the story about my brother. God will take care of it. With what judgment ye judge, you shall also be judged. If you want God to be good to you, you're going to have to be good to his children. You say, that's not grace. Well, grace gets you into the kingdom of God. That's unmerited favor. But after you're seated at the Father's table, He expects to teach you table manners. And He won't let you eat unless you obey the etiquette of the table. And what is that? The etiquette of the table is that you don't tell stories about the brother who's sitting at the table with you, no matter what denomination, no matter what church, no matter what nationality, or no matter what background. The world many times determines what Jesus loves looks like based on how we talk about each other. And I've been around certain groups of believers that everybody acted like they loved each other in front of each other. But the moment you had dirt about your life, we would whisper about it. We would talk about it. We would share those things. I told this in my office this week. I want my office to be a cemetery for bad reports about other churches, about other pastors, about other believers. You don't come to my office and spread death about any other church because we're the same body. You don't come talk to me about death reports of other pastors. That dies with me. You don't go talk about other Christians around me because I don't want to be found when the Father shows up sowing weeds about my brother. Yes, we're saved by grace, but once we sit at that table, we must know he expects us to act like we've been there. When you get, when you grow up, when you live in a family, my little son, who is three years old, he's three. A little tater top and feet. And we all know what they say about three-year-old little boys. But at our table, he's expected to act with honor. At our table, he's expected to act with manners. 
at our table, he's expected. Yes, he may learn, but I don't care he's three. He's going to begin to learn it now. So if you just got saved, welcome to the family. Time to learn some manners. Welcome to the table. Time to learn some manners. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak in respect. I'm going to speak honor. And I'm going to be a cemetery for every bad report, even if it's true. Even if it's true. Even if it's true. Mm, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Next one. You ready? Number four is speak life no matter the fruit. No one can make you stop speaking life. No one can make you speak death. But one takes more work. Anybody in here know what those beautiful little trees next to me are? Mesquite. Do you know how much work it takes to make that spread? Absolutely none. No one plants mesquite saying, you know, let's put a little mesquite bush here. No. Everybody cuts it down. But where's my green thumb people that like to plant? Where's my people that like, yeah. All right, where, where's my black thumb people that you kill everything? Okay, good. All right, hello. Okay. The difference between a thorn bush and fruit is one takes work and one doesn't. One takes pruning and one doesn't. One you have to dedicate to do. The other one happens on its own. Speaking life takes work. And you don't just do it only when you see fruit. There are people that I'm speaking life to that I have not seen life and fruit in years. But you know what, Lou? They can't stop me from speaking life. You can't stop me from speaking truth. You can't stop me. Pastor Chris, don't you know who you're talking to? Yep, Jesus knew who the woman at the well was, yet he spoke life to her. Yet he spoke life to her. And I'm going to tell you this. You say, Pastor Chris, but you don't know where I work. Everybody speaks death. Don't stop speaking life. Don't quit. Keep speaking life. I don't care if you see fruit or not. Speak life. I don't care if the fruit benefits you or not. Speak life. One of my favorite phrases is this. A wise man plants a tree that he may, not have, not, he may never sit under its shade. You may be sowing fruit and seeds that you never get to taste the fruit from, but may save someone's life later on. I'm telling you, some of you speak life to your kids, and they may give you a face like, I don't care. I don't want to hear this. I promise you, you're sowing seeds down into their heart that they might not even see the fruit from. But later on, when the world crashes their life and breaks the soil, fruit will come up, and they'll say, where did this life come from? And you'll say, years ago, I spoke life to you and no one else would. That means I speak life to my wife, even when times are hard. I speak life to my children when they're acting a fool. My wife speaks life to me when I'm acting a fool. And, and uh, don't be honking, Chelsea. Leave that honk alone. And the last thing I want to tell you is this. Number five. 
Every word you say, you represent the king. Every word you say, you represent the king. Some of you say, Pastor Chris, why don't y'all have bumper stickers or, or car stickers uh, for the church? It's because I see how some of y'all drive and I don't want them to know you go here. I'm just being real. Yeah, I saw that new life sticker. They flicked me off, but hey, I saw a new life sticker. Yeah, some of y'all laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. But you need to know at all times, you represent the king. At all times, when an ambassador comes from another country, he's not standing on his own soil, but he represents that whole country. If an ambassador for the United States goes to another country, He's not on his own soil, but he represents you and he represents me. Do you know an ambassador can start war at another country and I never know what happens? You must know when you speak, you don't represent your background. You don't represent your skin color. You don't represent your ethnicity. I don't care. Well, that's just how country boys talk. No, they don't. You're a new creation. Behold, all old has passed away. Well, I just talk better when I cuss. The Bible says, let no vain word proceedeth out of my lips. You don't represent yourself. You represent the king. Well, that's just the way I talk. You're a new creation. That old man has died. Stop bringing a weekended Bernie's and you're carrying a dead body around saying, well, this is who I used to be. He's gone. Well, Pastor Chris, I'm not there yet. Good. Then stop talking. And this is from somebody that's had to learn this and is still walking this out. Guys, we don't represent just ourselves. I promised I was going to sit down when I preach and I've been standing the whole time. I need to attach this chair to my belt. So I'll bring it in to finish. <laughs> Some of you say, Pastor Chris, when is this corona thing going to be over? We don't know. Pastor Chris, when is everything going to go back to normal? I don't know. But I'll tell you this. I'm a thousand times more interested on how well you listen to what the Lord has said this morning than I'm worried about what the stock market has done. Because if the church doesn't learn to begin to speak life in the midst of darkness, it doesn't matter if we have the most prosperous nation in the world when the lighthouse doesn't know how to shine right. We've got to learn to speak life. Now, Pastor Chris, I know a bunch of fake people. Jesus ministered to you and changed your life through ministering to 12 men in a country most of you have never been at. Why in the world could it not start here? What happens if you 40-something cars begin to speak life and kill death, start to represent the king and be a cemetery for bad reports? We may not see fruit this week. We may not see fruit next week. But my kids will grow up around a fruit tree saying, something happened in a parking lot in the middle of a pandemic of a church body that said, I don't care what you say, I don't care what you say, but it's for me and my mouth, we will speak life. But it's for me and my family, we will speak truth. We'll shut our mouth when we need to stop talking. But we gonna speak life because the enemy cannot stop us from speaking life. Take my life, but till the last heartbeat, I'm going to speak life. Amen? Woo! 
t-shirt that says the most useless thing in the world, and it's going to be a picture of this chair. <laughs> Hannah, leave it alone. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah, Hannah will have t-shirts next week. So let me remind you, number one, always remember the weight of what you say. Number two, take every thought captive. Number three, be a cemetery for bad reports. Number four, speak life even if you don't see fruit. And number five, remember you don't represent yourself, you represent the king. Is it good stuff today, Lou? We preaching okay this morning. So listen, I want to tell you this. I think it's very important that we, and, I, and I've said this before and I want to say it again, that we don't leave this season the same. I don't want us to leave this time of this part. Yeah, I want to be in the church service. I want to be together with you. I want to be in a room with you. But let's not run past this season and miss the message that God is trying to teach us and work in us. Because I don't want to come out Lou looking any, I, I don't want to look the same as when I went into this season. I don't want to look the same into this. And, and, and you know what that means? That means well, there may be new Christians that come into this season that don't know how to speak life, but they're going to learn based on how you talk. There's going to be new believers and broken marriages that come to this parking lot and don't know how to do it. And they're going to learn by how you talk. Understand the weight of what you're doing. I never thought I'd pastor a day like this, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Because we get to see Jesus made famous in the middle of the pandemic. Amen? Let's pray. God, we give you glory and honor. And I thank you. This is not one of those sermons that we just speak and it's, this is one of those sermons that we've got to learn to apply it's very easy to preach this it's very hard to walk this out teach us what it is to speak life teach us what it is to hold our tongue teach us what it is to bring every thought captive teach us what it is to, to be a cemetery for bad reports of other people teach us what it is to speak life to our children even if we waited till they were teenagers to do so. Teach us what it is to speak life to our husband and wife, even if we haven't done it for years in our marriage. Teach us what it is to speak life at work, even if when we go back, they don't recognize who we are. Teach us what it is to speak life. We give you praise. Because God, we want to represent you right. I, I don't care about representing new life right. I want to represent the king right. I don't want to make you look like a fool, Jesus. I want to represent you correctly. So we honor you and we give you glory and power and praise because it's all for you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all give the Lord a honk this morning.